0: Today we are beginning our Lenten Sermon series entitled Doing Discipleship as we take the 40-day journey from this moment and earlier all the way to Jerusalem and the passions and experiences of Holy Week. We make a pilgrimage with Jesus every year through all the aspects of His ministry and then we focus sort of in a laser type way on Holy Week and what it means to go through the enormous struggles that Jesus had, the highs and the lows, and the highs again, from Palm Sunday to his betrayal, his crucifixion, and then his rising on Easter morning. All this is to come, but here we are on the front edge of this Lenten journey as we seek to be Jesus' disciples, and so we're launching into this time of Doing discipleship, it's something we're supposed to do all the time, but we want to make it a more focused, intentional aspect of our journey this year. We're going to do that by experiencing some of the individual disciples. Our winter sermon series was the Sacred Arts of Life, and we looked at lots of different art forms as that helps us in our growth and our faith life, and so we're continuing that in a way by using the art form of drama. We'll be using that uh, as we meet the different disciples. So what what is discipleship? Discipleship is different than being a student. It includes being a student. It includes learning. It includes growth. But you can be a student and go to class and then leave and then go on to all sorts of other things. But a disciple is one who fully commits his or her life to following with the teacher, with the master. And... Being a disciple is different than being an apostle. A disciple is one who journeys alongside and with that teacher to learn and to grow in the way the teacher is, is teaching. An apostle is a messenger. The apostles were what they were called, and it was more than just the twelve, who then began to share the message after Jesus' death and resurrection. So there's a slight distinction there. So we're focusing on the disciples as part of our Lenten journey And what was it like to be a disciple in Jesus' day? Well, it was a lot different than it is in our day to be a disciple because they gave up most everything to follow Jesus on the road and to the different places that they went. They gave up their life that they knew before to go and make this complete commitment to follow Jesus. Now, we're supposed to be following Jesus, but we can't do it physically. And so we have to follow as best we know how in our time and in our place. And that's a challenge. I don't know what's going on with that. But um, anyways, we, uh, we want to follow and grow, but we want to make it more complete. Because that's what it was to be a, a disciple in Jesus' day. And so it's, it's easy for people today to segment their lives. Well, this is this part of my life. This is this part of my life. But if we learn anything from the disciples, it was that discipleship was all of life. It was all that we do in all the various aspects of our living. And that's a challenge. It was a challenge for the disciples to give up things and follow Jesus in their day. Ours is not that same challenge, but it's a different kind of challenge. No less uh, of a struggle for us to get our priorities right as we do that. Now, the disciples in Jesus' day, there were many. There There were a lot of people who found their way to that circle of folks who followed along with Jesus. It wasn't just the traditional 12. There were women, Mary and Martha, and others who were part of the followers of Jesus. But our tradition has that there were 12 disciples, right? And you know their names, right? Matthew, Thomas, John. And there were two James. Philip, Peter, Andrew, Bartholomew, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, right? Those are the 12 traditional disciples. And I'm going to do something. I hope it's all right. When our kids were younger, um, they, in the church they grew up in, they learned a song about the disciples to teach the names, and I'm going to teach you that song today. It was written by one of our UCC ministers, Brian Sergio, who had a music ministry, he's now serving a church in Wisconsin. And I looked him up online. I ordered the music so I'd have it Uh, for today. It came last week, and I've been going over it, so I'm gonna teach it to you now. And here's how it goes, and then you're gonna you're gonna learn it with me. So it goes like this: Matthew, Thomas, John, and James, the first of two, Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew, the other James. Zealous Simon, fickle Judas, and nothing rhymes with Thaddeus. (laughs) All right, are you ready? So you're gonna you're gonna follow after me. I'll give it to you in little segments. All right. So we're all children of God today. So we're gonna learn this this song. Are you ready? You're gonna follow after me. Matthew, Thomas, John, and James, the first of two. Now you try it. Matthew, Thomas, John, and James, the first of two. Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew. Your turn. Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew. The other James. Zealous Simon. Fickle Judas. And nothing rhymes with Thaddeus. Very good. All right. Now, we're going to try it again. You're going to follow me. We'll have the same pattern, but we're going to speed it up a little bit. Repetition is what helps you learn names, right? If you meet somebody and you only say their name once, it's easier to forget it. But if in your mind you keep repeating it, you remember that this is Ellen. Okay? So here we go. Matthew, Thomas, John, and James, the first of two. Matthew, Thomas, John, and James, the first of two. Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew. Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew. The other James, the other James. Zealous Simon, zealous Simon. Fickle Judas, fickle Judas. And nothing rhymes with Thaddeus. And nothing rhymes with Thaddeus. All right, here we go a little faster. Matthew, Thomas, John, and James, the first of two. Matthew, Matthew, Thomas, John, and James, the first of two. Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew. Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew. The other James. Zealous Simon. Fickle Judas. And nothing rhymes with daddy, yes. All right, one more time, even faster. Matthew Thomas, John, and James, the first of two. Matthew, Thomas, John, and James,
1: the first of two.
0: Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew. Philip, Peter, Andrew, and Bartholomew.
1: The, other
0: James. the other James. Zealous Simon. Zealous, Simon. Pickle, Judas. Pickle Judas. And nothing rhymes with Thaddeus. And nothing rhymes with Thaddeus. Well done. Well done. Okay. So now it's time to meet our first guest, Andrew. Andrew was a very interesting follower of Jesus. We don't know a ton about him, but we do know a few things about him. In fact, it was in 1750 that Scotland made him their patron saint. But what we know from Scripture and the text we read is that, that Andrew uh, was a fisherman, and he was also the brother of Simon, who was then called by Jesus Peter. So let's meet Andrew and invite him into our midst today and uh, hope that he can find his way all the way out of the past into today's world. Welcome, Andrew. I am so glad that you could be here to be with us today. It must be a little strange being here in the year 2020.
1: Well, David, for where I come from, time is, means nothing. I live in eternity, so it's glad, good to be here. I have to say, you have a really nice synagogue here. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. This is not a synagogue. This is a Christian church. i got to say, I'm used to meeting people, 20 people, 30 people in church homes. This is much more spectacular.
0: Well, but this was originally a home. So you could say it's a house church, much as you were used to. But it was a very big home before it became the neighborhood church.
1: Must have been a pretty rich guy. <laughs>
0: So, Andrew, tell
1: us, how did you get connected with Jesus? Well, I was a follower of John the Baptizer. And he was kind of a quirky guy. You know what he ate? Nothing but locusts and honey. But he was a man that was very full of God. And as a matter of fact, he brought me to God and he baptized me. Well, one day I was walking with John and... Jesus came from the other direction. And as we were walking, John pointed to him and says, There goes the Lamb of God. And immediately I turned around and followed Jesus, and he was nice enough to ask me to spend the day with him. So I did. The next day I was out fishing, which is what I did, and I was close to the shore, and Jesus came along the shore and said, Follow me and you will become a fisher of men. All I needed here, dropped everything, went and followed him. But I also got my brother, Simon, who you know is Peter, and I told him, I have seen the Messiah. And Peter followed me, and I became the first disciple of Jesus, and I'm very proud of it. Hmm.
0: Now, our stories and tradition say that there was a time when Jesus was feeding a great crowd and you had something to do with that. Can you tell us more about that?
1: That was quite an experience. Jesus was out in the wilderness and he was teaching a crowd of over 5,000. And it got to be late in the day. And so we disciples said, "Uh, Jesus, you might want to cut this off because they all need to go somewhere to the local villages and get something to eat. And he looked at us and said, you feed them. And, I, and we all said, uh, no, that's not going to happen. You know how <laughs> much it's going to cost to feed 5,000 plus people? We can't do that. And then there was a young boy coming towards us, and I always introduced people to Jesus. So I wanted to introduce this boy to Jesus, and he just happened to have five loaves of bread and two fish. So Jesus blessed the five loaves of bread, and the two fish. And then we use those to feed 5,000-plus people. Don't ask me. I don't know how it happened, but it did. And as a matter of fact, there were 12 bushes, bushels of food left over.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Yes.
1: Now, uh, tradition
0: also has it that you um, were a person of hospitality and uh – You always wanted to make sure that people were introduced, as you said, introduced to Jesus. Um, Is that true that you had that reputation of, of really bringing other people and strangers to Jesus?
1: Yes. Everywhere we went, I felt it was my role to bring as many people to Jesus as I could. One specific example is that Philip, another disciple, asked me to take a group of Greek people to Jesus. I assume he asked me that because my name is in Greek. It's a Greek name. So I took those people and I introduced them to Jesus. And that was very important to me, to introduce people to Jesus then. And it is very important to me now to introduce people to Jesus.
0: Hmm. In our tradition here at the Neighborhood Church, we, we celebrate communion every month. And, uh Uh, Can you tell us what it was like when you were in the upper room with Jesus?
1: I don't know what you mean by communion. Uh, I think what you're referring to, perhaps, is the very last meal I had with Jesus. Yes, yes. Okay.
0: The Passover meal.
1: The Passover meal. The Passover Seder, it's called. And we all were lined up on this table, and we had our meal. But towards the end, two things happened that were pretty strange to us. Number one... Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to us, and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He then took a cup of wine, blessed it, and said, This is the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. We were confused. We didn't know exactly what that meant. But we certainly came to know what that meant. Hmm.
0: Well, then of course everything followed his uh, crucifixion the next uh, day, and and then uh, his time in the tomb, and then of course his glorious resurrection on Easter. Um, but tell us, can you tell us in just a, a, a short amount of time? Can you tell us what happened following all that in the time that you were on Earth after Jesus' death and resurrection?
1: Well, I first want to tell you the shame. And the guilt I felt for not staying with Jesus during his arrest, his trials, and his execution. That that was terrible. But not long after his execution and resurrection, the Holy Spirit came to all of us disciples. And it came down and fire and so forth. And it gave us the courage to go and spread the good news of Jesus Christ as far as we could go. So we all scattered, going different directions all over. I went north from Jerusalem and then west and ended up in what you now call Greece. However, those that were there wanted me to worship pagan gods. And I said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. So they tried and they tried and they couldn't do it. So they finally said, well, we're going to have to execute you. And I said, all right. And they said, we're going to crucify you. I said, all right, but do not use the same type of cross that Jesus was crucified on because I'm not worthy to use that same type of cross. So what they did was they made an X like this, and they tied me to the X. They did not put me up there with nails. And the reason for that is I would live longer on the cross and suffer more. Guess what? I lived for two and a half days, but the entire time I was on that cross, I preached the Word of God. Now, that cross, as I understand it, has some significance because it is called St. Andrew's Cross, and it is very popular. I am very pleased to tell you I am the patron saint of Scotland, and I am also the patron saint of... Of Russia, and those countries, and many more, you see many St. Andrew's crosses. Hmm.
0: Well, Andrew, this has been fascinating. We really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I know you have a lot of time, but we appreciate you being <laughs> we appreciate you being with us today. And uh, we want to thank you because what you not only what you did as a follower of Jesus and disciple but after his life, how you continued to make that possible, what you did on his behalf afterward for the early church, but also for us in the church today, because without you and the others, we wouldn't even be here today. So we want to thank you and bless you, and uh, really, really want to just say uh, we appreciate how much you've been uh, a part of us today. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So, very quickly, what are the key learnings, the takeaways we can have from this morning and our encounter with Andrew? I want to offer three suggestions. One, he was invitational. Two, he offered hospitality. And three, he was inclusive. So, first of all, he was invitational. He brought, you heard him, he brought people, he brought Simon Peter. To Jesus, He brought others to Jesus. And he was hospitable. He was always thinking of how can we make things work. He brought the young boy, but was a part of the, that process of the loaves and the fishes and making sure that people felt comfortable and then bringing the foreigners, the Greeks, to Jesus, uh, which was a very important thing as well. So we want to look at those things and how we can apply them to our lives. So to be invitational, I want to once more... Just say to any of our visitors and friends, we want to invite you to learn more about our church. And if you'd like to come to our uh, session next Sunday uh, at 1115 in the parlor, it's Discover Neighborhood Church. We'd love to have you join us so that we can tell you more about what we do uh, here at the Neighborhood Church and what life is like to be more formally a part of the church. There's never pressure to join. We never want to pressure people, but we always want to include and invite people to consider being part of us in a more formal way. The uh, hospitality, that's for all of us. I hope that every Sunday when you're here, you'll look for somebody you don't know. Just consider looking for one person you don't know and going up and extending the warmth and hospitality of Christ. If you do that, you extend that that warmth and hospitality in Jesus' name for all. And then the inclusivity part. We are a very inclusive church, and we want to make that true not just for each other and the people we know, but for strangers and foreigners, whether it's in our neighborhoods, whether it's in our communities at work, or even at our borders. We want to be inclusive because we are all part of God's family and we are all part of that. So I hope you'll consider finding and thinking of ways as you grow in doing discipleship of being invitational, being hospitable, and being inclusive. And I hope that we can each think about and consider the spirit of Andrew, the spirit that was of God that was at work in Andrew so long ago, and allowing that same spirit to be a part of our growing discipleship. So let's honor God and each other by honoring this one who's come to us today, this Andrew, all because we seek to, as he did, follow in the way of Jesus Christ. Amen.